Podstarter. Every podcast starts somewhere. Welcome to Podstarter. I'm Jonathan Burns here with Reese Waters. Hi. You had an interesting conversation with Steve Austin's with uh, Bengo Media. Yeah. Um, um, before I go into discussing Steve, I just wanted to warn everyone that we have been forced to record in a space that we don't usually record in. Um, and it's, it's really going to test these microphones and our setup because we've got acoustically one of the worst spaces we could ever hope to record it but there's a large-scale event on where we usually are and we've been kind of pushed into a, a small small meeting room this is going to be a challenge for me in the edit it's so. it's I, I, you know what i think this is a, a great way to test environments because typically yeah. most most people are going to not necessarily have the exact same space or they're going to evolve and keep shifting and knowing what works and what doesn't work um you're right we've we've, we've got bumped we, this is the, the event that's outside is probably 150, 200 people around us. Uh, every once in a while, I keep seeing people walk by the door, walk in, looking in, seeing what we're doing. Um, and so it's, there's a lot of activity and a lot of buzz. Yeah, yeah. We are crashing somebody else's party and, exactly. and relegated to the corner. They're crashing ours. Right, right. We were here first. Yeah. Um, all, all right. On, the, on that note, let's, let's turn back to our, our, our thoughts on Steve Austin's. Um, Steve Austin's with the Bengo Media is a real interesting conversation because he's doing a lot of the things that that we love to do as well. But tell me about the conversation. Why why did you want to have uh, him on our podcast? Steve was a career radio guy. You know, he he ran a national radio station in the UK, um, and I used to do quite a lot of work for him when I was doing um, a BBC content for for the radio shows. I, I felt it was quite interesting because Steve turned his back in terms of he still loves radio. He's one of those people who is so passionate about uh, about just creative potential of audio, but he kind of he he took a big career jump from um, a very senior position to then having this startup that was in the podcast space, using that background to really launch and make something different. And he brought a lot of um, credibility from that radio space. He brought a lot of um, insight into audience building because he'd helped foster and grow audiences for radio stations over a period of, you know, 20 years. He's a... Uh... He's a great resource for us, a good person for us to talk to and understand the space as well, which I think is fantastic. Now, for our, our listeners, what's the top takeaway from the conversation that you had with, with him? He, he's, he's got a very similar philosophy to us, which is to, there's no point in making a, a podcast for, for, for the sake of making a podcast. Don't make a bad podcast. If you're, if you're going to do this, you've got to commit to it. You've got to understand that you've got to be in it for the long term. It's not going to be an instant success necessarily. It may be, but, but realistically, you need to know that it could take a year or two years for, for you to really see the, the uptake on it. But then when you do get that um, uptake, it will be a very high quality kind of interest in what you're doing. People are already on board. We're looking forward to the conversation with uh, you and Steve Austin's with uh, Bengo Media. Podstarter. Every podcast starts somewhere. So Steve Austin's from Bengo Media is with me today. Hi, Steve. Hey, Reese. How are you doing? I am great. And I am really excited to talk to you about your company. Could you just give us a, an introduction to what you do? Bengo Media is about two and a half years old now. It's myself and my wife, Marina. And uh, we do two things predominantly. We make podcasts for uh, clients. Um, so we make for clients run from kind of BBC, Welsh government, through to private companies, public 
public sector companies and individuals. Um, but the other bit of the business is around training consultancy for people that are, and quite often they are one or two person companies who basically have got a great idea for a podcast, but have no idea how to start. So we basically work with them and we kind of get their podcasts up and running and um, get them into this fantastic world called podcasting. That's great. Um, and just so you know, we do something very similar. <laughs> but we're both different sides of the Atlantic, so luckily we don't compete with each other. <laughs> so- Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Even, even though our accents are the same. I know, I know, exactly. Different marketplaces <laughs> is fine. <laughs> so um, the, the really interesting thing, Steve, now is that we do have a previous kind of history where mm. essentially I, I, I was making radio shows for your station. So talk about your background because I think podcasting and, and radio are having an interest in, or have had an interest in relationship from, from the early days um, and continue to do so and seem to feed off each other and excite each other quite often. Yeah. So I arrived in podcasting after a quarter of a century, which is frankly unbelievable to say out loud, <laughs> but a quarter of a century were in, in radio or, or around radio. There was a couple of years where I, when I was working in marketing at uh, the BBC, but, but the first job they gave me was to market the radio station that I'd literally just left to join the marketing team. So uh, most of that career was spent working um, on a BBC radio station here in Wales called BBC Radio Wales, the national. There, there are two national radio stations in Wales, one broadcast in English, one broadcast in Welsh. And uh, I did everything for the for the English language station from start as a, a researcher, reading the news, producing the breakfast and drive show, kind of looking after kind of a, a host of different shows, marketing the station, as, a, as I said. And then in 2009, uh, I got a call and said, uh, look, the, the uh, head of the station's uh, gone ill. Is there any chance you can um, step in for a couple of months? And uh, I left that job seven years later. Um, so, uh, so by the time I left the BBC in 2017, yeah, it was about 19 years at the radio station uh, in one form or another, which is kind of where we uh, first met, where you, as you rightly said, were pitching ideas into the radio station, which was part of what we did. We kind of got independent production companies to... Uh, make radio shows for us and it was a real privilege to run that station I have to say it was a real privilege to be at the helm of a station that was so well loved by people in Wales it was part of their lives it was part of my life while while I was growing up so um it was a it was a real thrill yeah I mean I your 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 station was a place that we could go to with my old company in the UK and really experience send you experimental ideas and yep. uh, it, f- it felt like you your your station really nurtured new talent and nurtured new ideas and try, you were really unafraid to to try things out and that's kind of how yours I, I kind of did radio by accident and I liked it because my background was in video but then your station and the opportunities of creating radio shows that were then released as podcast is what really got me hooked in the podcast area in the first place so yeah, I, I think I think it was a real privilege to be to work for for that station when when you were there and everything. And when I was still in the UK, 
it was almost like a weird transition time. Podcasts had been around in the BBC for a long time, but they didn't really they didn't really take off in the scale that they have globally until until recently, I suppose. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think for a long, long time, I don't think the BBC had properly thought through uh, any sort of podcasting strategy. Um, I rem- I remember. Uh, it was around 2005, I think, and there was this this all staff email uh, that went out saying that you know the BBC has launched its first podcast. It's kind of um, uh, it's the ability to listen to Melvin Bragg's uh, in our time, which <laughs> kind of uh, uh, you know anytime you want. And I and I was just thinking, well, I don't understand that program when it's on live once a week on Radio <laughs> Four. Never mind, kind of the opportunity. Maybe if I could pause it, I could kind of understand some of the uh, the uh, the you know the the academics that. Um, that talk about certain ideas, but, but back then it was, you know, a single podcast. We're going to trial it, see what it likes. And actually it took off. They were, they, you know, they, they understood that there were a lot of listeners, but the BBC initially got into the game of doing best ofs. So it was the best of breakfast on radio one, the best of breakfast on radio two, the best of this, whatever. And actually, as we know, and as, as podcasting has, has developed, those are, those shows still exist, but they don't do particularly well. Um, and I don't think people, you know, find them particularly interesting. So it did take the BBC a long time to actually say, you know what, actually there's a whole new audience um, and uh, and a platform on a different way that people consume audio here. Let's make content specifically for them. And you know, and and as the BBC does when it puts its mind to it, it's now making I think some of the best podcasts out there. Kind of you know, and some of the some of the uh, uh, the most interesting true crime and some really interesting discussions and you know programs like Brexit Cast, which um, if any of your listeners uh, are in 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 Canada or elsewhere kind of are interested in kind of keeping tabs on Brexit, then Brexit Cast is a great place to start. It's certainly where I go when I have no idea what's happening with our country, which is quite frequently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blissfully ignorant, you know, <laughs> three thousand miles away. So, but I probably should start listening to it just to keep keep a tab on things. <laughs> I, I remember, um, I think it might have been about two two or three years ago that we went to an event in Manchester in in the BBC. The, the head of BBC Worldwide was there, basically talking about their strategy of having the the interviewees and the people featured in their radio documentaries to be the person leading it, to be the voice of it, as opposed to having a reporter go in and, and do like an authored, this is what's happening, that that was it, being influenced by uh, what people were consuming in podcasts and what people were enjoying for, from podcasts. So there's that adaptability that you do see in the BBC. And it, it was ahead of the trend, I, th- I do feel, like you're saying with Melvin Bragg, because there were podcasts available with, by, by the BBC when you were still before streaming i guess when you download them to a podcast yeah. so they were there and then we're in a good position so when it exploded it felt like there was a, a real infrastructure and a presence that they could already build on i guess yeah i think that's absolutely right and i think that you know the bbc have obviously listened quite hard to what works in the podcasting space it's certainly applied that to uh, some of the podcasts that it makes now. So you you listen to a program that's um, an offshoot of the Today program. It's called Beyond Today. But you listen to it and you know that actually that program is pretty much based lock, stock and barrel 
on the New York Times, the Daily, you know, uh, because they've worked out that the New York Times have pretty much reinvented the way that radio mm. uh, that radio news should be delivered, and now here's the BBC kind of you know working on that market. So they, they, they've observed that, um, but similarly, the way that people make radio documentaries now uh, and features have definitely taken elements of podcasts in a way you know things that five years you know things that be before serial you just would never ever leave in a radio documentary is now kind of you know i i almost roll my eyes when i hear kind of you know somebody <laughs> kind of leaving the start of a tape on or yeah, kind yeah. of you know just you know the end of a call or something like that but the, you know nobody ever did that before kind of uh serial did it podcasts have definitely influence the way that uh program makers both internally bbc and and independent producers make radio programs for the bbc as well as it's influenced other podcasters in terms of how to podcast so when, when you kind of stepped away from radio what was podcasting the number one thing on your mind that you wanted to pursue i did because by that point i'd completely and utterly fallen in love with the medium um i was trying to invent hours in the day that didn't exist the problem with running a a radio station that's on (laughs) for 20 hours a day is you don't half feel guilty when you listen to other things uh but you have to listen to other things in order to keep your ideas fresh and keep the thing moving on but i was having to, to invent hours in the day to kind of binge on uh, well, I've talked about Serial, but Serial was was pretty much my first love, you know, in terms of that that first season, kind of really kind of just getting gripped on uh, just the art form as much as the story. And, um, and so by the time I left the radio station, I knew that actually a kind of radio and audio was always going to be my first love. But B, there was something incredibly interesting and exciting about podcasting and 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 it was it i i left about nine to 12 months before the bbc launched sounds uh its app and its strategy for for podcasting and i think that a lot of people um good colleagues basically said are you sure there's anything in this podcasting thing is there enough can you kind of (laughs) can you can you have a career out of this and and you know i I mean as you do when you kind of you've made a decision you stick to it and you just basically say well absolutely you know there's you know this this is this is a burgeoning medium and then i'd walk away from that conversation thinking am i i don't know um (laughs) but you know you back yourself and actually what's happened over the course of those last three years is that that podcasting has gone from i've gone from having conversations with people when i started bengo uh of why would i need a podcast to conversations more likely starting we've been talking about this but we just don't know how to do it and that's a far as you'll know that's a far easier conversation to have with a potential client than persuading them as to why they would, you know, what what what's this concept? Why would I why why would I not just switch on the radio? Why why would I uh, why would I not just play a video? Um, and 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 I think kind of podcasts have just become mainstream, not in terms of consumption necessarily. Seven million listeners here in the UK, but you know, you compare that to 
you know, um, the 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 90% of the adult population that are listening to radio every week. Um, but actually, people understand what a podcast is now. They understand that they exist. They 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 appreciate the medium and the art. And I think that that's the thing that's changed significantly over the course of the last three years. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I was meeting people to sell my video production skills, and the minute I mentioned podcasts, the conversation you know did not return. <laughs> it was yeah. it was exactly that people were and still are kind of that it's on their mind is something they feel they, they need and, and they want to do or at least explore you tend to find that once you start that conversation then people just really open up and it becomes almost like a a recommendation session where oh no i haven't heard that one and then yeah, <laughs> you just recommended yeah. podcasts to each other uh, absolutely i mean the amount of people and you can tell you know i mean the the you know uh, the, a podcast listener in a, in a group full of people kind of like is like an evangelical preacher. They they literally just like, oh, you've got to start with this one and you've got to hear, listen to this and you've got to hear that. And that's amazing. And that's amazing. And, you know, I mean, I would have killed for that kind of advocacy when I was when I was running a radio station, kind of when they listen to a podcast and feel that they belong to that uh, loyal group of listeners for that podcast, they will, they will, go up on a mountain and sell it it's 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 a phenomenal thing the 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 level of passion and the level of commitment and loyalty that people will have to a show um when we speak to podcasters that that is an amazing thing but it's also a double-edged sword because they're so terrified of of letting their audience down they they just maybe start experimenting Mm -hmm. and start creating something because they, they have an idea and they're passionate about it but then people become hooked and then they feel a real debt to these people, you know, in a good way. You know, they're enjoying what they're making, and that's a great relationship. But the momentum can really, really run run away with people. I think that's right, and I think the the amount of conversations I've had with people who say, "I've uh, got a great idea for a podcast," and I've, you know, done a couple of interviews and whatever, but I just it's not perfect yet. So I haven't actually kind of gone that extra mile to to publish it or do do that. And I just wonder how many great podcasts have never actually yet been made yeah. because people are just sitting on ideas because, as I say, they are, they're passionate podcast listeners themselves and they don't want to get it wrong and they don't want to think, you know, whereas, you know, hey, this is the Wild West. This is a great experimental medium. If it doesn't work, it will become quite apparent after a while. Therefore, you stop, you move on and you 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 go somewhere else. It's not like you know this is a an albatross around your neck for the rest of time you know if you don't want people to find a podcast just don't talk about it the chances are they're not going to find it uh, <laughs> and they want something else um but but yeah you're absolutely right that i think um sometimes that 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 passion and that sense of kind of if i bring if i bring my podcast to this party or or or, or to this area that i'm really passionate about if it's not good I will feel, you know, I'll feel everybody's looking at me and it's just like, you've got to take that leap. You've got to take that leap of faith and and know that actually you've got something to offer and and just go for it, just experiment. Yeah, if you're being hassled for new episodes, you're doing something right. That's a good good thing. So um, with Bengo Media then, you you obviously, you knew that was what you wanted to do uh, and and that you needed to to, to pursue this. Um, What... What were the next steps like? What, what have you? What did you start doing with Bengo that started to build in the way that you have built it? 
So we felt that we needed to kind of start creating content. So we worked with a really good friend of ours um, who is a wedding planner here in South Wales. Um, great, you know, he's got really vivacious character, you know, he's got a lot to say, uh, but great enthusiasm. I knew that she would make um, a, a very good podcast. So we, we sat down and we talked about, you know, the, the concept of doing it. And we basically shaped a series where it, the first series was 10 episodes released weekly. We basically was everything that you need to know from the moment you get engaged through to the wedding night party. And that was the premise of the of the series. So we felt that actually it was really important that we create a series that we could basically hang our hats on so that we could go out um, and speak to other clients and just say, look, we make this, but this is this is this is the kind of thing that we can do for your company. Um, and it was just then a convert that it was just then about kind of just starting up conversations with people. So basically we started with Zoe and we created that wedding planning series. The day I left the BBC, we picked up our next um, client. Theresa May, our prime minister at the time, very uh, graciously kind of called a general election. So literally the day that I left the BBC, I started a podcast about the general election uh, with uh, a local uh, data uh, analysis, social data analysis firm. So they were looking at what people were saying about the election on Twitter and kind of trying to kind of predict what was going on with the election through through social media and then it was about taking those conversations out so it was about public speaking and it was about mm. kind of just starting to spread the message about you know this is what you need to know about podcasting these are the reasons why your company should be podcasting and then basically it's been word of mouth ever since then really and that's kind of how we've picked up and we we uh, we worked out quite quickly that actually not everybody was going to afford to be able to afford to kind of have a podcast company come in and make that uh, content for them. So we started the training and the development and stuff like that. But actually most of our training now is done internally for customers. So we, so we would go into a company and sit down with them and uh, help them start their podcasting journey. So, so it's kind of evolved over time from being, we're definitely just going to make things to, we spend a sizable amount of time helping others make um, make podcasts, and then it's just a case of actually just you know picking up the 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 interesting projects along the way. Really, I suppose when you were going into this space, you're already you know it gives you a certain level of qualification to have to have the background you do, but also I suppose um, it's interesting. It's almost like you've not necessarily jumped ship, but you've been. Um, born into this new world from from the world of radio i'm assuming you still love radio though as well but i'm um did it feel kind of unusual to kind of suddenly be now i'm a podcast guy <laughs> you know? it, it is it's a, it's a real mind um flip and, and and i think the other thing i had to get rid get used to quite quickly is redefining what success looks like so some of the programs that that you would pitch to us, Reese, kind of you know it was in that six thirty slot of a of a weekday evening. Now, on average, you know that there'd be between five and ten thousand people. That it didn't matter whether you did tap dancing on the radio or current affairs, you'd get between five and ten thousand people listening to that show. 
when you start a podcast, you start from naught. Um, <laughs> and that's quite sobering because you just literally have to work out, right, I have to use marketing from the off here, you know, and I really have to build this show up and build a and, and build a base up of uh, and, 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 a, and a growing band of support. One of the, the my proudest moments in running the company was about a year after we'd started Zoe's wedding planning podcast, she got uh, somebody contacted her on her email and said, I'd like to book you to plan our wedding, please. And she said, that's fantastic. How did you find out about it? She said, well, I was trawling uh, Google looking for a wedding planner. I heard your podcast. I finished your podcast. I then realized that I actually needed to work with you. And <laughs> it's just like that made my day because it's yeah. just, that, that's, that's, that, that's kind of, you know, the greatest tribute anyone can give you is, is that, that level of trust that you build up through audio that just short circuits, three meetings, five meetings, however long it takes to build that trust in real life. That that's what that's what a podcast can give you as a as a as a company. Um, like one of the things we always talk about is that you're not building necessarily an audience that is passive. You're building a community in a sense of yeah. pe- people like to be able to reach out to you and and they 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 feel um part of your podcast because they feel like they know you and that is there's a responsibility to really nurture that and it, to your to the benefit of everyone really yeah and 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 the thing is is that i think that coming back to you know just the amount of time it takes you to build that i mean in season 1 we were constantly pumping out the don't forget to email us don't forget to kind of get in touch with it you know and 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 when you're getting nothing back it's quite lonely, right? You know, yeah, you do yeah. kind of you do start to think, hang on, is is this a, way, a colossal waste of everyone's time? But actually, by season two, we were getting people contacting the podcast, asking questions. There was a question and answer session that went on that second series, um, and it did feel much more of a club and much more of a community. And 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 I think that I, I've witnessed that happen with radio. It doesn't happen a lot. And when it does happen, it is a phenomenal thing to see. So there's a there's a, a broadcaster on Radio Wales called Chris Needs. The thing with Chris is that he is on late at night, and that bond that he has with his listeners, the is 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 incredible. You know, he will sit there and talk to somebody on the phone for 20, 25 minutes. And then play Spanish disco music, and it, it seems to work. But it, but it, <laughs> but but the point is, is that that those listeners love him. They trust him. They will run through a wall for him. And actually, I think because of the way that podcasts are delivered, and the way that actually the you know that that whole mechanism of you make a choice, you make a conscious choice to press play. And you listen, and you listen for a long time. That that you have a far better chance with a podcast to actually build that connection than quite often you do with radio, or indeed, or indeed any other kind of medium. So if you're making, yeah, yeah. You know, if you're a company and you're making videos or you're whatever, I think actually podcast is your best route to build in a sense of loyalty and following than than anything else. And is that thing where you have unusual experiences where people? kind of feel like they know you more than you know them because <laughs> mm. as, as someone who's done a lot of video editing i always find it strange where i recognize somebody and i don't know how i know them 
but I realized that I've edited maybe an interview with them <laughs> and I've heard them speak, you know, and watch them over and over again, cutting them in. And they have no idea who I am or that I've ever seen that footage. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of this strange thing where, you know, you, you feel like you know somebody, even though you've you, you just, it's just been through a digital medium that you've had that interaction. Um, one of the podcasters we interviewed, Scott Philbrook, he talked about how him and Forrest just really try and focus on that one listener, that they're just almost talking to one person. It's, it's really interesting. I, I do a little bit of lecturing as well, and I got into a bit of a discussion with uh, one of the students last week about this concept of you broadcasting to one person it's just like yeah but there's there's lots of you and i say i know that you know that as a listener you know there are other people but actually it shouldn't stop the the technique of you speak to one person because you're not on stage you're not you know there's no one else in the room listening to me right now i'm sat here in my pants listening to this one person talking to me so i'd like them to just talk to me as opposed to kind of talking to all of you out there could you all give us a call kind of tell us what you think i was just like well there's only me um and <laughs> and 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 you know and and you know you can kind of you know you there are some broadcasters that get away with kind of doing that all of you out there trick um, and probably because radio is kind of half a social medium, you know, it's as it's as you as well used in a in a shop or in a in an office as it, as it is as a one to one medium. Whereas podcasting, predominant amount of of uh, of the way that is consumed is is through headphones. You literally are only talking to one person, so you really have to get into that mindset of there is let's say you're talking let's say it's me and you i'm conscious and i know you are that there is another person listening to this conversation right now and as a podcaster you just have to constantly remember to keep on bringing people in so that they feel part of something and i think that's really really powerful and it's important how how are you finding that businesses are responding or organizations in terms of how they see in the people who follow them or the audiences they have through social media react now that they have podcasts as opposed to before they had podcasts. It's early days for some. And I think that there's almost a re-education um, in terms of what success looks like, because we're all used to seeing success with kind of numerous three notes off the back of it and stuff like that. And just say, well, it's not necessarily about that. If your target audience is a certain section of your stakeholders then actually that number is probably going to be reasonably small but if you're hitting those people and you're kind of you're targeting your communications to them then you're offering them something of value uh, and that's really really important so kind of getting them to kind of refocus their ideas about what success looks like is is really important but i think that there is that i think I think the clients that I work with really love the opportunity to actually have a canvas on which they can discuss the subject matter that they want to be famous for and and gain a reputation for being a place or, or a company that allows people to talk about a certain subject. And I think that's where you see the magic, where that kind of where people have completely and utterly got come to terms with the fact that this isn't a selling medium that actually 
referrals and um, communication will come from the fact that people associate you with a certain subject as opposed to you've just offered 20% off whatever you want to sell in that particular podcast. I mean, I think we... We've all listened to podcasters that 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 do that, and actually, after a while, it's just like, okay, I'm getting a little bit of value out of this, but I don't have, feel like I'm being sell, uh, being sold to. And the truth of the matter is, when I'm walking the dog or when I'm going to the gym, I don't want to be sold to. I want to learn something, and I think actually, uh, the the clients that are that are really getting something out of podcasting, I think, get that. They really understand that actually this is about being benevolent with their knowledge and from that will come the trust that will lead to the referrals and so on and so forth. I feel like um, people's perceptions of, of what a podcast should be uh, are kind of unusual in a sense of, um, I, I caught up with a friend I hadn't seen for a while and explained, you know, I was doing podcasting and they looked at me kind of quite cynically and said, you know, you can't promise for people to be able to have monetized, you know, kind of successful podcasts, you know, that the, how do you do that? And I was like, I, I don't do that. <laughs> you know, and the, the idea is that you, you choose who your audience is and you communicate with them. It's not necessarily a, a, a get rich quick scheme. It's not a business enterprise necessarily. It might just be that you have identified podcasting as the best way to have a certain kind of conversation with a certain kind of person um, and that it cuts through um, mass media in a way that allows you to address a niche or a real need that you couldn't as easily with, with other mediums, I suppose. And they kind of, <laughs> the reaction was, oh, oh. I, oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, it, listen, if we're in, if we're going out there selling that this is a get rich quick scheme, we're really using the wrong platform <laughs> exactly. to do that. <laughs> we're really, really in the wrong game for that. But I, 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 yeah, I mean, it's one of the first things that that um, that we say to people is, look, this. If you're looking for sales, if you're looking to kind of you know, um, drive up the bottom line, then there are other methods to do this. You have to kind of, you know, you have the, the, the best, um, the best comparison for companies I find is blogs because they're used to blogging. Blogging is a technique that's been done, but you don't, you don't do blogs to drive sales. You do blogs to discuss ideas and get noticed on, on the web. And, and, podcasting is kind of in that sphere it's very much about content marketing but with the emphasis on content rather than marketing i feel like it's a complementary element of a wider marketing strategy um it works for some people just as their primary means of marketing but i suppose over time have you found that the stigmas or assumptions about podcasting are starting to change or do you still find that there's a lot of education to be done there, but do you know what most of the education is around the production and how long um podcasts take to make and also kind of you know if you've got a great idea you don't necessarily have a podcast what you have is an element of a podcast or you may have uh, an idea for an episode but you don't necessarily have a series and and all of that so i think a lot of the 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 assumptions that that we break down um are around those areas and trying to get people to think through clearly not only what it is their podcast is, but who it's for. 
and why they're doing it and what level of time commitment they have to do that and how they're going to deliver it and so on and so forth. Like I guess, how do you feel the the, the way the market is going? I, I kind of personally feel like podcasting for podcasting's sake is a bad idea. <laughs> it's a, you know, you just look at YouTube and how much stuff is on there that you don't necessarily need to ever watch in your entire life. How how do you feel the the the, the kind of mass adoption of podcasting might might come to fruition? I think that yeah, I mean, it goes back to the idea, and it goes back to this this really shaping. You know, if you just want the podcast because you think that, you know, your company, company X needs a podcast because company Y and company Z has got one, then I don't think that's a good enough excuse to to be podcasting. I think if you have a unique take to bring to uh, your particular genre, you have something that or an idea or a take on that particular subject that nobody else is doing or kind of nobody else is doing in your country or in your sector then i think you've got something interesting to to run with i think that will it be mainstream i i to be honest with you, i think that probably will be technology led at the moment i think it probably is a little bit too um out of reach to do well for every single company to just do it in the way that they would do blogging and let's be honest kind of a lot of companies kind of write you know write blogs once every nine months and stuff like that so you know yeah. not, not not even blogging is kind of you know take you know uh, has become a a mass market skill but i i do think that a lot of people get tripped up on editing or a lot of people get tripped up on hosting and stuff like that and i think if if over the course of the next couple of years somebody enters the market and makes all that literally as simple as it possibly can be, then then maybe it just becomes part of a workflow. But I think at the moment I still see people kind of just taking considered decisions to enter the, the podcasting market as opposed to we just need to do one because it's part of uh, you know, our marketing mix and you know and 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 that that's that's the way it's going to be done yeah i guess the only thing worse than not doing a podcast is doing a really bad one absolutely because nobody wants nobody nobody wants to go to that company you know and and i think that's the you know you asked a little bit earlier on about kind of you know what what influences did did the bbc have on kind of on 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 the 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 decision to kind of go into podcasting and i think one thing that i'm i'm quite passionate about is that that actually you need to create a quality product that doesn't necessarily mean you have to buy the best microphones and it doesn't necessarily have to mean that you record in studio but you do have to think about the the recording quality and you do have to think about you know how you structure those things because i think actually if you if you're listening to a bad podcast I can, you know, I can make a decision about, uh, you know, something based on a couple of minutes worth of audio and never go back. And and as if you're a company, that's the last thing you need to happen is to actually kind of just have people associate you with something with with a really poor product. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, Steve. Um, I really appreciate your time talking about everything that you've done and and the kind of podcast post-radio podcast adventure that you've been on um it, could, what, what, have you got anything that you would like to promote or plug obviously bengo media but what else do you recommend that people listen to in terms of the podcasts that you've produced 
So things that I'm quite proud of that we've made as a company last year, um, we worked with uh, an extreme athlete called Richard Parks. Uh, it's known to a f- people in Wales because he used to be a Welsh rugby international. Uh, but when he left rugby, um, he started to do extreme endurance challenges. And last year, he Richard, who is already the fastest man to go from coast to South Pole, uh, unaided and unassisted, basically was looking to break the world record. We worked with Richard in terms of creating a podcast series that would literally follow that journey, kind of a couple of podcasts a week as he kind of just made his way, but also told the backstory as well. So kind of we were just telling the story of how they made the sled and how they kind of, you know, prepared his food. And it's a really, really interesting tale because the one thing that Richard couldn't prepare for was the fact that within a week in early December, Antarctica had a year's worth of snowfall over the course of seven days. And yet he still managed to kind of travel kind of ridiculous kind of uh, mileage every day for, for 13 days before, uh, before he had to abort. But I've, I've, the series is called Richard Parks Antarctica. It's a really honest, lovely portrayal of kind of not only this guy's journey, but the love and respect and support that was at home for what he was trying to do. So so we're really proud of that. We also work with a, a company called uh, HCA Healthcare uh, to produce a podcast uh, that's called Health Fact Versus Fiction, uh, which is all about you know, things you didn't know about, you know, kind of how to prevent back pain, kind of, you know, to stop diabetes, to do every, you know, literally kind of, I, I've learned things about, about health that I never thought uh, I'd, I'd, I'd ever learn, nor did I ever think I'd ask the questions, the research questions for. And um, yeah, we're really, really proud of that one too. They sound great. I'm going to subscribe to both of them they sound awesome oh, excellent now i'm nervous <laughs> <laughs> but no i really really appreciate your time and and also um what, what what's the web address for bengo media so we are bengomedia.com it's myself and marina my wife that that run the company but uh yes we we keep ourselves busy in many a way great thanks so much for your time steve no problem at all reese great to speak to you visit podstarter.io to find out how we can help you build the podcast you and your audience needs To listen to more episodes, search Podstarter wherever you find your podcasts or visit our website. You can also find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Podstarter is produced in Nova Scotia, Canada by podstarter.io.